So, hi, Adi. I'm so happy, everybody, to introduce you to the amazing Adi Cockcroft. She's a therapeutic coach. Uh, she's just magical. She works with women, with, with individuals, with couples. She personally um, has done a lot for me. She helped me go through a very hard moment in my relationship. Uh, so, without further introduction, just let's welcome Abby. <laughs> Thank you, Sasha. <laughs> this is special. Um, it's so wonderful to be here, and thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here, really. I feel so honored. So, one of the things that um, we would really like to speak about is relationships, right? We, we, we connect to people because we are social beings. And one of these relation, one of these connections is relationships with our partner. Uh, whatever the gender relationships seem to be very, very similar. No matter the nationality, the gender, the, the, the age, they are all kind of uh, intertwined in very peculiar ways. Yeah. And, one, and one of these, um, one of these things that is like a common thread to relationships is trust and mistrust. Like at some point we have always come uh, to this point in which our relationship uh, stops being that amazing, wonderful and, uh, and bright and shiny and becomes a source of pain for some reason. Yeah. And we're in a, in a time in which we are told like we should just leave, right? Like the moment it's not as shiny and bright, we should just leave and find somebody else. And in that aspect, those that stay are kind of shame of staying. It, it becomes a shame to stay in a relationship when it's not in the honeymoon uh, in the honeymoon era. But it also it's it's a decision that we that we make consciously, regardless of the shame. Mm. So, um, what you're saying there is that you know we are kind of culturally expected to enjoy our relationships so much that they always feel like they're in the honeymoon period. Yeah. And then we go through that stage into the next part of relationships, which is normal for all relationships to start with that phase and then move into other phases. And we will continue to evolve through our relationships, you know, throughout the entire length of the relationship, whether that's, for one year or a few years or a whole lifetime. Yeah. And that now we have this idea that when things get difficult or when things get less enjoyable, we can just throw that relationship away and find a new relationship that feels bigger and more better, you know, like that has that shiny, glittery love feeling all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> reflective of our, you know, the consumer culture that we live in. Yeah. So it's like our relationship becomes another product almost. Yeah, amazing. So I totally agree with you. The consumer culture kind of tell us that we should just buy a new product once the other one is not working perfectly, right? Yeah, yeah. And so um, what you were saying there is also that um, there's this sense of trust that is often missing in relationships. So if we feel like our partner is going to leave as soon as the relationship isn't really fun and awesome, then 
it's really hard to have that sense of safety and trust inside the relationship. Ah. And so it's almost like there's this external pressure on us to um, almost have relationships which are less trusting because we expect them to always be feeling really fabulous. Mm. Yeah. 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 So um, you are really interested in, and the work that I know we, we've talked about before and we've done a little bit of together, is around, well, how do we build that trust in relationships and how do we make the relationship um, continue to work for us as we go through life and we build, you know, commitments to each other. And I think it's really interesting to um, kind of distinguish between trust and commitment because they feel very linked but they're actually quite different things and you know often we get in relationships and we buy things together like maybe houses or we live together we have cars and then we maybe have pets and then we have children and you know we might even get married and those things are all very committed so there's this set of you know I'm committing to you but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have trust just because you're committed in that way. Wow. Yeah. Oh, really? That, yeah. That's the meaning for you? Yeah, that, that, that is like, well, I, I have never made that difference in my mind. Like, like how different it can be to be committed and to be trusting the other person. And it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, often those things, uh, that level of commitment that I was just describing, it's kind of like, outer stuff you know it's like material in the world stuff but it's not actually really deeply about the two people in the relationship you know it's not that personal inside my feelings and my emotions kind of commitment that trust is and it's not doing that work between the two people necessarily it's like the two people deciding that we're going to buy a car or have a baby or commit to a house but it's not the same as I'm committing to you and this is, you know, like an example might be that a commitment that I might have to you personally in a relationship is I'm going to look you in the eye every day and I'm going to beam my love at you or I'm going to um, say a particular thing or do a little ritual with you um, that confirms that I love you and that I want to connect with you. Yeah. So it's like the the trusting behaviors or the trust building behaviors in relationship come from a place of um, loving interaction and commitment. Oh, sorry, not commitment and connection. Um, whereas the the commitment stuff is outside of the dynamic that happens between the two people. That stuff can kind of form like a container but it's not really the business of what happens inside a safe relationship if you know what i mean yeah absolutely and, and that is an argument that i hear very often the uh, of course i love you i am here aren't i i haven't left uh, of course i love you i uh, we're just buying a car together of course i love you i haven't left with another woman uh, and it's no wonder that it doesn't feel enough Right, like, like it's like, yeah, but, but I need a little bit more. I, I need a little bit a deeper connection. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it can be really confusing for people because 
Like you can look at that person next to you and be like, they're there. And we have this house and we have this life and all of these commitments together, but I still don't feel loved inside and I don't feel safe and I don't really feel that sense of trust. And when people say, you know, I just don't trust you or you don't trust me, there's no trust in the relationship. And then somebody starts talking about, but I'm here and I haven't left with another woman or I haven't, you know, done those other things. I haven't abandoned you. Um, what they're talking about is kind of physical or material but in fact what's really deeply meaningful for people and what really puts the juice in a relationship is the internal experience that we have of feeling loved uh, and there's that emotion that's attached to that which actually really lights us up and if you feel safe that somebody else is there for you not just physically, but in the way that you need to receive that safety or that love, then you're going to trust them. Yeah, I love this so much because that, that is something that I have seen repeatedly uh, in my relationship, in my story, and in stories from other people that I have, that I have heard. There is always this, but your partner is there. He has a left. Why are you complaining? And then we start feeling crazy, right? Like, oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't complain. Maybe I'm just making drama. Maybe I'm just, uh, I, I should just take it and, and stop complaining and stop trying to. When what is going on inside is a deep need of connection, of feeling yeah. seen and feeling, uh, and having a reminder that the love is true and the love is there. It's not just be here physically, but but tell me in my own language what I need to hear in order to feel loved and seen and appreciated, validated, connected. And there's, you know, there's so many different um, parts of how that can work. Um, if you have a partner who's really trying to love you, they might be bringing you flowers and cooking you dinner and giving you a shoulder rub but you still don't feel like they've actually touched you in the way that you need to be touched because it's actually inside of relationship. Each of us needs to communicate what our needs are. Like, how do I receive love? Because I'm different to everybody else in the whole world. And the way I receive love is going to be different to the way you receive love or the next person. And particularly my partner, you know, the way they receive love is really different to the way I receive love. And often this is where a disconnect happens. And I will love in the way that I want to be loved. And my partner will love in the way they want to be loved, which is not the way I need them to love me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there can be a real confusion there because I feel like I'm giving and giving and giving and I'm loving you and I'm treating you the way that I want to be treated, which is how I understand love. So I think that I'm loving you as much as I possibly could because I don't have any other ideas literally yeah. and then for the other person they're not able to really feel that and then they're doing their thing which is also the way they love and they give love in their way and that will be a you know the sum of their understanding of what life is you know the way their parents love them the way their culture taught them to be a human you know each of us receives that information from our upbringing in our community and then if our partner isn't responding in the way that we expect them to or hope that they do that can cause the two people to disconnect 
So a huge part of building trusting safe love is to actually um, have the conversations with each other and build rituals into your relationship of how we can love each other accurately according to the desires of the individuals in the relationship. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And that is something that we like we kind of don't expect that we would need to do, right? Like like there is this idea of uh, I remember this phrase that we have laughed about it for years, but I also know that it is a deep wound that and somebody told to somebody <laughs> that was like if you loved me you knew what i want if yeah. you loved me you knew what i need and it's like no <laughs> actually i don't i love you but i don't know <laughs> right so it's like the real work starts within yeah yeah, yeah. so often i don't know what i need so i need actually take my own space and find out what I need for myself and then I can communicate that clearly to my partner and then they need to listen to it and then they need to do it so there's you know there's so many stages there when you break it down there's you know my self-awareness is really important as and their self-awareness so that's the first step and then you need to have good communication skills to communicate to each other what it is that I want, what I need, how I feel, who I am. And then we need to be able to stop and give our attention, give our presence to the other person in a way where, like we're now talking about you and I'm gonna stay here and I'm gonna listen and I'm gonna check with you to make sure that I get it right before I even move on at all. And I think one of the biggest pitfalls that I see when I'm working with people in relationships is that, you know, they might know what they want, that self-awareness, and they might communicate what they want to each other, but then that listening part really falls apart. And that's where, you know, often somebody will hear, oh, well, you want this, well, I want that. Or um, they'll hear the first words and they'll just think, oh, right, she said she wants this and then they'll go and do this. And it's not entirely accurate. And one of the big skills of being in relationship and knowing your partner more and more is being able to stop and say, you know, like just say, she says, oh, I want flowers. And you know, that sounds pretty clear. So you would think, oh, okay, so you want flowers. And then I might run out and buy you some flowers from the shop. But in fact, there could be a whole lot of different ways that I want flowers. Like maybe I want to have a garden full of flowers growing outside and I need you to help me dig the soil in the garden. And I'm thinking about buying rose bushes and annual flower plants and, you know, growing those together over time. And that's what I mean when I say I want flowers. It's not that I want you to go and buy them from the shop. Or maybe it is that I want you to go and buy them from the shop, but how would you know unless you ask me? So. If, if she says I want flowers then you know the partner might say something like oh so um, you want flowers do you want flowers um, that are growing in the garden or from the shop or is there some other kind of flowers that you want and then that gives her the chance to clarify and expand on what she's saying and then that becomes a conversation based on her desires 
and that conversation can be really rich and like amazing things can come out of it you know once you start really paying attention like which is the most beautiful gift that you can give to somebody else and you give them that gift of your attention then it might start with i want flowers and it might develop into actually what i want is i want you to come and give me a big cuddle or um, maybe what I want is I want some space to myself every day when I come home and when I see flowers that makes me know that you love me but actually what I need is um, you know to know that I'm loved and actually safe enough to be able to take 15 minutes when I first come home to just download my day maybe have a shower or something like that so it's you know we're complex and we often don't say our full desire in that first moment and in fact when we say it we probably don't even know all of the things that we want so by offering that presence and that listening then we are giving such a great gift and we are so much more likely to get it right in our relationships with connection just just hearing you saying that resonates so much to me it, it, it brings me excitement because how beautiful to just be able to truly connect and explore the desire uh, I, I find that that is one of the first things that we let die when we, we allow desire to die when we start being too long with a person we, we allow our desires to be taken for granted, or maybe we give up on our desires, or maybe, maybe we expect our partner to just read us and, and to know what we want when we don't even know what we want, uh, and to tell us what we should want and what we should expect. And, and it becomes like an empty, an empty dark hole where, where nothing can fill us because we are not doing the work within and we are not doing the work of communication and of listening to, to yeah. what our partner is saying. Like just listening to the example of the flowers, it's like maybe all she wants, or at least in my case, I, I have asked my partner to give me flowers. And it's like, all I want is to feel seduced. Or I want is to feel like you're not taking me for granted. Or all I want is to feel like, like you're thinking about me when you're not with me. And, and it's just going deeper. Each layer of desire has something deeper to tell about the needs that we that we need to give each other. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And you never know what's going to come out. You know, each person and each moment is going to bring something new. And so it's really fantastic to be able to do, like continually check in with each other to make sure that you're getting it right. And then the more your partner gets it right and the more you get it right for your partner, the more you can trust each other. Because it's not that I want flowers every day, it's that I want you to check in with me and show me that you love me by asking me today and in this moment what it is that I need in order to feel loved and connected to you. Yeah, beautiful. And that's that sounds also like a homework for both, right? Like, uh, like real love takes work, takes yeah. dedication and takes Uh, takes this effort of going back and forth with your partner. It, it doesn't just happen. It's like, I think that is one of the greatest uh, miscommunications that we, and uh, misconceptions that we have about 
relationships like they just happen uh, like sex yeah. it just happens it's natural so it just happens and and the truth is that it takes work dedication commitment and and, and constant exploration yeah yeah i mean we have this cultural idea that you meet somebody fall in love get married have babies live happily ever after and you know like it's it's such a common blueprint for how we're supposed to do our relationships that we almost don't even notice that we have that as an idea of what we should be doing and when you think about that it doesn't give us any instruction for how to actually be in a relationship and you know like from that very first moment we connect with somebody and initially our bodies create all of these amazing hormones and you know together we we have these feelings for the period of like the honeymoon period and that's a fantastic time because it feels so good and that's our bodies doing that uh, so that we can connect with each other and you know once that connection is really formed those hormones kind of diminish inside of us and then what we need to be doing is the ongoing work to create those feelings inside the relationship and that's where often i mean we never get any training for that that's the, like there isn't anything kind of embedded in our school systems or even often our families don't know don't have those skills because they didn't get taught them so there's a whole lot of work in just how to be connecting continually in our relationships in a way that's meaningful and that it's also realistic you know because it's not we're not just spending our whole lives being in relationship with each other and just doing that we also have jobs and responsibilities and other interests and other friendships and you know important time that we need for ourselves and our spiritual growth and you know like there's all of these other aspects of our life which we need to fit into um you know what's happening in our relationships and so our relationships need to be flexible and adaptive which is why that constant kind of checking in and connecting is really important Mm, I love that because yeah, your needs today are not going to be the, the same needs that you have tomorrow, right? I I remember reading from Mama Gina that she told her partner that she liked tiramisu and that there was a point in which she was like, okay, please stop bringing me tiramisu. <laughs> I just had enough of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another thing which is like what you're talking about there is that we we get bored if we have the same thing all the time. So one of the things which really lights us up is, um, you know, like spontaneity and to have variation. And so if, if I say I want flowers or tiramisu or, you know, anything, I want to go mountain bike riding um, and that's all we do every time, it gets boring actually. And like that boredom, is one of the things which erodes the quality of the relationship. So I often, with um, couples that I'm working with, I'll get them to each do the work of figuring out more or less what are the ways that they like to be loved. And I encourage people to put as many things on their list as they possibly can think of. So it might be, I like a foot massage or I like you to make me a cup of tea I like you to um, do the gardening with me I like to go mountain bike riding I like to go to the movies I like to you know all of the different things and then that gives each partner a whole lot of options 
so that when I want to show my love to my partner spontaneously, I've got a whole list of things that I can choose from. And, you know, it might be that today it's not possible to go mountain bike riding, but it is possible to make you a cup of tea or it is possible to give you a shoulder rub. And so I'm gonna come in and either surprise you with that, or I'm going to ask for consent around that. So um, depending on the relationship and the levels of trust, like if we have um, partners where they are, um, they become triggered by having things done for them, then absolutely we need to work in a whole ritual around consent before anything happens. So, um, you know, often people need to have introductory kind of conversations where it's like, hi, are you ready to discuss how your day went? You know, ask permission before we dive straight into conversations or hi, would you like me to make you a cup of tea? Or would you like me to do this for you or that for you? And so like that can be a really powerful question but then other people really enjoy being surprised. So it's like, I know you love a cup of tea. There's pretty much, you know, it's a guarantee that you're always going to love a cup of tea. Here's a cup of tea I made for you. And, you know, so obviously it takes a lot to know the partner and that's a conversation which you need to have. And, you know, we're all obviously also entitled to say, well, actually, thank you so much. I really appreciate that cup of tea, but I just had one and I don't really feel like one just yet but I really love that you made that for me. Mm. So just because your partner's done something for you doesn't mean that you have to have it, but you can still receive the love and you can give them back that gratitude, which is very um, supportive of the love connection in a relationship. I love that. Oh my God, I love that. It's like, there's so much here, so much gold to just take and start making notes, right? Like. The consent, the least. Uh, I love exploring each desire, going further and learning what, uh, like not, not staying with the first thing, right? Like it's not just that I want flowers, but what's behind that. So uh, th those are amazing, very simple practices that we can take. I, I love uh, very simple steps that we can take. I love that. Uh, there is also this considering of what the person likes when it comes to how to approach them, to how to be loved, like surprise or permission. Uh, that, that's also something so important. I have heard people complaining about their partners giving them too much attention and too, too many details and too many, they feel overwhelmed. And, and it makes sense because not everybody wants things done to them all the time so yeah. and also the permission to speak like okay are you ready to speak about it right now I think these are very simple practices that we can all start exploring yeah and it's like you know I know that you and I have talked before about the deeper work of building safety and trust in relationships um, but I think that you know, primarily we need to go in with these really basic skills. You know, often with clients where, you know, particularly they've been in really long-term relationships that have got to very difficult places where they're almost in stalemate with each other, where, you know, they both feel so mistrustful that they, um, 
they can't hear anything that the other person says or they can't receive anything that the other person gives because they've had 20 or 40 years of um, experiencing it in a way that didn't feel safe to them. And so, you know, one of the very first things that I will take those sort of couples back to is the really basic stuff. You know, it's that basic respect. It's let's pretend actually that you guys don't know each other because you, you've got so much familiarity, but you don't know each other deeply. So let's go back to kindergarten where, um, you know, I'm just gonna check in and I'm gonna say very basic statements and I'm gonna tell you very basic things such as, I feel sad or I feel happy or, you know, like a simple little sentence like that where I'm just expressing something very basic to you gives you a little piece of information which might explain something very deep. Um, such as, you know, like if I'm telling you about my feelings, then you've got a piece of information that helps you to understand what my behavior is doing. Um, but we can't sort of go into very deep analysis of what it all means and what's deeply happening for me if we don't have the ability to identify the very basic stuff. So if I tell you that, you know, this is what I want from you, and you might then say, oh, I feel a little bit apprehensive or I feel a little bit scared of that. And we need to have training in how to express how we feel about the suggestion before we can actually even come out with that simple first level step of going deeper with our partners. Mm, yeah. Oh my God, that resonates on my chest so much because it's like we take for granted that we know the person in front of us while we are just speaking to the reflection that we have, uh, right? Like, like we're constantly reflecting ourselves projecting ourselves on our partner so it's like uh, why are you angry oh my god i'm not angry but i'm expecting this person to react this and this and this way especially when we have been together for so long that it that it is so important to go back to basics to rebuild the trust yeah 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 so there's you know i mean it's so simple but it's also so complicated with relationships yeah. Um, and you know, there's, there's all of these little things that we can do. And I, back to your initial point around, um, you know, relationships being a commodity that we can move on from when they stop being fun or rewarding in that initial honeymoon phase. I think that there are so many little repairing things that we can do if both partners are willing to, you know, come to the table and have these conversations and start practicing, you know, basic interactions. Um, and I mean, that has to also come from a place of willingness to look at our own part in the relationship. And that also has to be mutual. Oh, oh my God. There is so much gold in here. I, I really can't thank you enough for this, for this conversation. I think that Uh, people have already so much to work on uh, with the little tasks that you just have described. And then uh, I would also invite people to look for help because, I mean, the thought that keeps coming to my mind is how much we take for granted that we can solve on our own when we could actually look for trained help 
and actually take our relationships uh, to a healthier place together. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we, we yeah. don't have to do it alone always. No, yeah, and I mean, people can have such a sense of shame around reaching out for help because we feel like, you know, we've failed if our relationship isn't perfect or if we haven't left the relationship because it wasn't perfect. Um, And so, I mean, one of the most amazing things that people can do is put their hand up and say, I need help. Uh, Because once you do that, then you acknowledge that there's something that you could change and there's some work that you could do. And having some support from somebody who has got um, an outside opinion or an outside perspective um, can often, they can see things that you can't from within the relationship. And yeah, yeah, there's so many amazing little um, changes that a professional support person can bring inside of the relationship for you. Yes, I really can't emphasize that enough. I have seen, you know, these these threats of of people where it's like, oh my God, he did whatever, and oh yes, dump his ass. Oh yes, you shouldn't be there. You're a goddess. You deserve something better. You, uh, and the other way around, of course, right? Like, oh no, you could be with a more beautiful woman, whatever. When it could all be solved with some communication and with the in, uh, interference and the help of a professional. Uh, yeah. So. yeah, and there's no guarantees that, you yeah. know, getting a professional in is going to fix all the problems in the relationship and make that relationship work. Yeah. But I think, you know, rather than looking at the other person as being the problem that needs to be gotten rid of, we all need to be able to come back to a place where we take personal responsibility for what we're asking for and what we're receiving in the relationship. And if we do that work and we commit to approaching our partner and communicating with them and listening to their perspective and they still don't change and we still don't get what we need in the relationship, absolutely that's a time when you might want to consider leaving or changing the the structure of the relationship. But it's really worth giving it a try. And especially because when you already did your best, when you grew into the relationship, when that when that relationship pushed you beyond your limits and you grew, you can always know that the the next relationship or just being on yourself is gonna be an empowering situation and not just a rebound situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've seen it over and over again that if people leave the relationship thinking that that person and that relationship was the problem and then they get into a new relationship then as soon as the honeymoon phase is over in the new relationship they go back to the same problems that they had in the previous relationship so it's it's like the same same dynamic because you haven't changed that relational aspect of yourself and so trying to do the work in that relationship even if it doesn't save the relationship gives you the new skills to be able to then grow into a relationship which is more like what you want to have. Beautiful, yeah. So it's not about staying with one person forever because you're gonna make that work no matter what because that's not an advice we would give to anybody. It's just working on yourself, working with your partner 
and then if it doesn't work you can always move on but but working on yourself first that is like the first and and, and most important step yeah. yeah yeah oh beautiful thank you so much for this conversation it took us to to very deep layers of uh, oh i i was just like oh my god that makes sense that makes sense <laughs> it resonates so much <laughs> all day about yeah. this time. that's so amazing really i really appreciate this conversation and especially because i have lived it with you i know that um personally i had this moment in which people was telling me okay just leave just dump his ass why are you with him just leave and then i came to you and you were like okay uh, have you asked these questions here is a list of questions you can ask each other, you can have this conversation. And that took us to a whole different level. So that, that is uh, the best reference that I can give. Like I have done it all myself. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. And it's much. such an honor to be able to support like you. And, you know, I, I love working with people in a way where you know they feel stuck and then we can find ways to get unstuck and to, to change that dynamic and if if the outcome like with yours is really positive and the relationship grows you know i just get the warmest you know glow inside of me as a result of that that's so amazing yeah that is the most rewarding re regarding rewarding rewarding thing ever <laughs> Yeah, so thank you for allowing me in. <laughs> thank you so much. So uh, I, will leave I will leave in the bottom, uh, your, uh, in the description of the podcast, your Facebook and your page so that people can reach up to you and follow you and, and contact you in the, if they need to. And, and please don't doubt to contact her because she's just magical. There's so much thank wisdom you. there. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. It's so fun. Such a pleasure. Thank you.